Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, where a health bar tastes like a candy bar. Visit BuiltBar.com, type in the keyword locked on, and you will get $10 off your first order. Well, he was a member of the UCLA basketball team right around that time when the Bruins were in those final fours, those three consecutive final fours under head coach Ben Hallen. You remember Josh Ship? He was a centerpiece to the success of those final four runs, a prolific dynamite score, one of the purest scores you will find in a Bruin uniform over the program's distinguished and long history. And Josh is going to join us on this episode of the podcast to fill us in on what he is up to these days, some nostalgia talk about his basketball days at UCLA, and we'll get into a bunch of other topics as well. I'm Brian Fenley. I'm a national anchor for Fox Sports Radio. And if you go to my Twitter, you can find a host of Bruin content interviews that you can check out. So we've got Josh on now. And Josh, so you come from a, a very strong basketball family. Your other two brothers played college ball as well. And I know there's some age differences between you all but if all three were on a court right now playing in a glorified one-on-one-on-one game who wins and why uh i mean back in my our heydays i think i probably would have gotten them but right now they'll, they'll probably get me i still got some lingering injuries so i'll give it to them right now but like i said back in the day uh, i mean it would have been a good battle i think we all had different type of games and um, yeah, my brother, he was more of a power player. And so, I mean, he could have probably got us in the post and definitely dominated and won that. Uh, I think I was the shooter. So if I got hot, I might have been able to sneak a few wins. And then my little brother, he was the smarter one. So he probably would have snuck a few wins just being crafty and smart. When I think of craftiness, I think of a shot that you are going to be synonymous with your Bruin legacy that came when Cal was playing at Pauley, here you are with the ball in your hands. The game was tight down the stretch. And watching this unfold, it, it didn't seem initially like it was the smartest thing to do, but it worked out in a fabulous way where your defender was seemingly bumping you as you were driving baseline, which made your shot ability to get off a clean look very difficult and you had to attempt a shot or you decided to where it was on the other side of the the hoop so you shot the ball over the backboard and it went in so how did you draw that up because I want to tell everybody and brag to everybody Josh that that is exactly what you had in store from the beginning no it definitely wasn't it was just one of those things where just got put in a situation and you had to make the most of it. It was crazy. I remember just before the play, the inbound, I was like, if I get the ball, like I'm going to shoot it no matter what happens and I'm going to make it. And the play kind of developed. I caught the ball in the baseline. I tried to drive. The guy kind of bumped me a little harder than I expected. And I ended up behind the backboard. In that moment, it's like one of those, (laughs) you could be a legend (laughs) or you could be something a lot worse. So, for me, I just was fortunate it went over and actually went in, and I was able to become legendary off that shot. So I was fortunate. 
Your dad was legendary from his USC days as a football player, and you put him in quite a quandary, Josh, because here you are deciding to go to UCLA. So when you made that decision, how much unease did that bring to him in a playful way? And to what extent, what depth would he go to support you and engage in Bruin fandom? Uh, my dad was actually great about it. So he played football, so it wasn't like the rivalry in the sports, actually. And at the time, I hate to say it, but USC football was a lot bigger than our UCLA football. So it kind of didn't even really correlate like that. So he was just supportive. I mean, he just wanted to see me do well. So I think maybe one time he might have put on a, a UCLA shirt for me. So he was good about that. And you were good, Josh, about keeping a positive mindset even when injuries started racking up in your college career. How did you deal with that? Because it must have taken a whole lot of strength to battle through all, all of that and try to play to the best of your abilities. Yeah, that's crazy. You uh, preface it like that. Uh, for me at the time, it was just, I mean, I'm a kid and you at UCLA, one of the most like the historic and traditional schools so you have this uh, this idea like you want to play out there and compete and play at the high level and be part of that tradition so it's almost like you basically block all the pain out because the the atmosphere and the surrounding is bigger than you at the time and so for me once I had those surgeries it was just kind of like my whole thing is like yeah I got to get back so it's almost like I became one-minded in that like that's how you basically block it out. It's like, all right, this is what I have to do. This is what my life has become. And so it just, I mean, it was just a progression of just me rehabbing extremely hard and just trying to get back to the court. And then once I was on the court, just working extremely hard to get back in the flow. I mean, I had great teammates, so it was always extremely competitive and high level. And it's, I did have a hip surgery, so it wasn't like a, a small injury to overcome. And so it just took a lot of effort, a lot of work, a lot of determination. And I just put myself in that mindset. Like, I feel like I could do this. Like, I feel like I could still compete. And so I did it. And uh, <laughs> it paid out well for me. But unfortunately, I had to have another one, another surgery the following year. So, yeah, my career was dealing with a lot of injuries. But definitely learned a lot from that about who I am and what I'm made of and what one could do when they set their mind out to do something. If I'm not mistaken, I read an article where your teammate Jordan Farmar was set, his, setting his mind to making sure that you did not feel like you were letting the team down when you had to bow out for that one year because you had to redshirt because of the, the injury you were dealing with. And you were insistent that you felt like you were, were letting the team down and he came in and calmed you down and said, look you got to get healthy. We're going to support you. You'll be back, but just sit this out this year. And I'm sure that when you have helpful and encouraging and uplifting comments like that and and from him and other players on the team, that, that just a, a tinge that might have helped you, your spirits through this recovery process. And so was there ever a specific example where a player – went out of his way to console you that had been an unforgettable experience to you that was the the morale boosting activity or gesture that made a mark on you that you'll always hold close to 
Um, I mean, I just think it was a collective effort just starting from the top. I mean, just even like my surgery, they allowed me to do elective surgery and do it outside of the school and just go to a specialist. And then it went down to the coaches, Coach Holland. Uh, I mean, I wasn't supposed to travel or theoretically I was supposed to stay in rehab, but he felt it would be beneficial for me to travel with the team when I wasn't playing. So I was always around the guys. And then, yeah, just struggled down to the guys. It was like I was there for everything. I just wasn't able to play. So it was just a, a collective group and definitely appreciated all the support. And it definitely kept me motivated to, to keep rehabbing hard and to get back out there with my guys and play with them. You had access to playing with so much star power, the luxury of teaming up with Kevin Love and Russell Westbrook and more. And I want to ask you about what it was like being alongside those guys during those final four runs. But first, are you hungry? Anyone out there thinking of something healthy, thinking of something that tastes great at the same time? I've got a solution for you. It is what our friends are doing at BuiltBar.com. See, at Built Bar, they've got great-tasting bars that are full of nutrients, but also they taste pretty scrumptious. You've got chocolate. You've got peanut butter, low sugar, low carb, high protein. Here's what you got to do. Go to BuiltBar.com, type in the keyword locked on, one word, and you will get $10 off your first order. So go do it. BuiltBar.com, type in the keyword locked on, and you will get $10 off your first order. There was so much glitz and glamour on those rosters with Kevin Love and Russell Westbrook and Darren Collison. You were on those teams. There were other guys as well, several going on to the NBA, and many still playing in the league. And I just... Still to this day, I, I'm almost mind-blown because all of that talent was concentrated on one team, like on one roster. And it's a great part of UCLA basketball history to think about the final four runs. And as talented and, and as much star power as those teams had, for them to have the long runs like you did in the NCAA tournament, I think that quality number one is toughness and having that is integral to having these deep postseason runs and so when you saw the makeup of your team where did the toughness show itself through from where you noticed uh, i think it just started every day in practice uh I mean, our practices were tougher than most games. So it's like when we got to the games, it was just like almost like a cakewalk. And, yeah, just day and day competing. I mean, we <laughs> there's times where we were basically ready to fight each other. But at the same time, we had a lot of respect for each other. And we just loved each other's game. They had, like everybody was just synced up. And we all just seemed to find a way to complement each other. So when times got tough, it was like we had faith that somebody would step up. And when that one person would step up, and somebody else would step up. So we were just so deep. It was like we just all found a way to feed off of each other. And when you're in the tournament, it's like you need those, like, deep rosters. So, like, you never know who's going to be the guy that day. But if you got eight guys that could be the guy, then you have better chances. And fortunately, we were on some of those teams. So, yeah, it was just evident how far we went in our runs. 
so how energy draining painstaking were those practices uh probably defense <laughs> we did a lot of defensive drills and we had some long practices coach Holland was a fan of uh three hour practices so <laughs> definitely high intensity for three hours is, is a lot once you get to the last 30 minutes your body's kind of like all right like uh can we get through this <laughs> and so yeah I would say that just when you compete at a high level, just high sustainability of energy, it wears on you. Former UCLA basketball star Josh Shipp joining us on the podcast. Josh, in what ways do you think your career at UCLA was misunderstood? I mean, to be honest, I think my whole career was misunderstood. I mean, I came in with a lot of high expectations. And I mean, I had a good freshman year, but after the injury, expectations remained. And I became like I never was able to maintain that sustainability of that hype because I spent most of my time rehabbing. So while guys were getting better, I was literally rehabbing. And then within rehabbing, it was like, I never got to really work on my game. So what you saw was basically me just chasing uh, just an old version of my, mentally a version of myself. So, I mean, for the majority of my career, I'd probably say I was at 75% of my capability and I mean, that was a tough part. I mean, people had a lot of expectations, wanted me to shoot a lot more, do a lot of things. And for me, it's like I had to, like, transition my game to be, like, a great teammate, a great team player. And so, like, that was my way of, like, staying active in the team and, like, trying to basically uh, fit into the system. Because, I mean, I didn't feel like myself for the majority of my career because, like you said, I was just constantly – dealing with injuries, the two hip surgeries is a lot to deal with. And so, uh, I mean, I just don't want them to take for granted how much effort and energy I put in, how much I love being there and take it for granted that I didn't live up to some expectation. I just hope they appreciate what I was able to give them considering everything. I think they should appreciate you even more considering what you went through and what you still managed to do despite the the injury issues and then also you've been open about talking about the shooting slumps that came about during your career as well and and focusing on those those shooting struggles what did you mature or how did you mature the most when having to deal with that and the pressure and the criticism that came your way when you were having a hard time knocking down shots Uh, I just think mentally at that time, like I was already so far on like a different playing field. It was almost like I was playing two games just because I, at a certain point, like, not like I had to hide my injury, but I had to like, like I wanted to still live up to the expectations. And so like mentally I was there just like trying to figure out like how I could move well enough to, so people don't feel like I'm injured. And so within that, I guess I did a good job because the expectations were still there. So when the shot wasn't following, I'm like, in my head, I'm like, if you really knew what was going on in my head, like, that would be the least of your worries. So for me, like, I, it didn't really affect me because, like, mentally, like I said, like, I was already just just trying to maintain being out there. So, like, I was just happy to be there. I was like, I'm a shooter. My shots are eventually going to fall. And so that's where that maturity came from, just knowing that, like, I'm appreciative that I'm still able to play and play a lot of minutes and still contribute to the team. Do you have any laugh-inducing, fun, 
roommate stories from your UCLA days? Yeah, we were kind of, uh, I guess we would say OD about it. Basically, uh, like our freshman year, like the game Madden was like big and we like played a lot. And basically, like we got so intense with it. Like we had scouting reports for how we all played the video game. And like we would post the scouting reports before we would play the video game. And like each player like knew what the other guy would do playing a football game, which was kind of crazy. And other than that, in the dorm rooms, uh, one funny story, I think we lost to Michigan State our freshman year. And they were a lot tougher than us, a lot more physical. And so after that, when we landed, me, Aaron, and Jordan, we drove to Aaron's dad's house. And he had like this old school like weightlifting set. And we put it in Aaron's truck and we brought it to the dorm room and like set it up, <laughs> set up shop. So yeah, it was it was crazy. We would just be in there lifting at all kind of crazy hours of the night and like you would be sleeping and we had a rule like nobody could spot you. So like if you wanted to lift it, like you gotta lift it. And so like you were here in the middle of the night just like weights falling on the floor. We were like, oh well somebody couldn't lift it. <laughs> I'm sure our, our uh classmates down our dorm mates downstairs probably hated us. I meant to bring this up earlier during our interview, but when you were amidst those final four runs what is it about those teams you were on then that does not get talked enough about? I mean, I just think, uh, like, people didn't realize, like, how close of a team we were. It's like we just, for some reason, like, we all just, whenever we stepped on that floor, like, we just had, like, a cohesiveness. It was like a bubble of, like, everybody was on the same page no matter what. And we just found a way that everybody put their ego away for the greater good. I just think it started, like, every day, like, we would just, like, that competition of winning, like, it just was instilled in us. So whenever we took the court, it was like, we're here to win. That's it. Like, nothing really else matters. Like, nobody's stats. Like, if we all do good, like, we're all great players. Like, we'll all go to the next level. So let's just find a way to win. Selflessness at its finest. How about the demeanor and dedication of Russell Westbrook and how that all played into him making it at the next level? Just his demeanor. Like, he... He wasn't into partying. He wasn't into nothing but just playing. It's like, that's what he wanted to do. Like, he was quiet. But once that, like, we started playing, it's like a different person came out of him. It was like, that's where he belonged on the court. Like, that's where he flourished and he was able to express himself. So, yeah, that was just his nature. And even, like, just playing, like, video games, like, once that, like, switch, like, he flicked it, it was just like, it's like, is this the same guy? <laughs> like, you couldn't get two words out of him at the cafeteria, but now, yeah, he's turned into an animal. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you see that in NBA now. I mean, that's his signature. Like, he just, when he goes, he goes, and it's hard to stop him. No, we're not stopping our interview with Josh Ship. I want you to know where to stop when you're looking for auto parts. Our friends over at Rock Auto have all that you need. RockAuto.com, a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Get everything in a few easy clicks and it's delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique, remarkably easy to navigate, and you can see everything they have for you go to rockauto.com 
Locked.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. RockAuto.com, all the parts your car will ever need, reliably low prices. On top of Westbrook, uh, amongst all the players who you shared the UCLA uniform with, with uh, certainly many of them are spread out across the country as of now, but who on those teams do you still stay in touch with and do you run into from time to time? I mean, I was real close with Jordan. Um, Aaron, I see every now and then. Um, a lot of the stuff is just in the summertime. I'm still in L.A., so a lot of the guys come through L.A. in the summertime. They spend their summers here. So, like, you'll see them just occasionally here and there. And, I mean, it's just catching up with old times. But, I mean, everybody's kind of in their zone, living their lives. So, it's just kind of like when you see them, you see them. And it's, it's good to reminisce about old times. But other than that, like I said, everybody's doing their thing. Do you have any funny Lorenzo Mata stories? I know he was one of your roommates. Lorenzo Mata. Ah, I'm trying to think. I don't know any if I can say on camera. <laughs> <laughs> no, Lorenzo's great, man. He's just – I'm glad to see, like, he, he blossomed into his own. I mean, he did a, a great job. He came from Southgate, and he came into UCLA and just transformed his body and it's just game, and he just flourished as a human being. So I'm just – I'm happy for him. How about Kevin Love? What was he like – away from the limelight. Kevin's a cool dude. I mean, he's just, he's laid back. I mean, he's not doing anything crazy. Uh, yeah, like, I think he's uh, getting into a lot of expressive stuff. I mean, I know he's been talking more, more vocal about, like, mental health and stuff. But, I mean, other than that, like, he's just a really chill, down-to-earth guy. So, yeah, I mean, I just, I don't, yeah, I mean, that's it's Kevin. <laughs> like, I, I can't really say too much. Who would you sit next to on the airplane when your team went on trips? Uh, I would sit next to Jordan. What were those conversations like? It was a lot of uh, – we played even on the, on the plane rides. We were playing a lot of cards. And actually, uh, there was a lot of the walk-ons would play cards, and I would be in the back with them playing cards. And Yeah, we would just try to always switch seats to who we wanted to play cards with. So, yeah, the games never stopped. The competitive juices always flowing. What about you, Josh? Are you – Still open to playing professionally again? Where do you stand with your basketball career and aspirations? No, no, I'm done. Yeah, my injuries basically caught up to me five years ago, so I stopped playing. So now, um, just like, uh, basically just trying to do the creative side of things, just exploring different avenues of just myself and what I can do. Uh, I did a little bit of real estate stuff, but other than that, just kind of pushing this uh, – Creative side, doing a lot of writing, trying to do some artwork, just seeing what happens, throwing it out there, just taking my same mentality I had with sports and just trying to see if I could transfer that energy to a creative outlet. And what does that creative outlook look like off the court? For me, it was just uh, kind of like a journey of like self-discovery and just trying to get a deeper understanding of like why I keep pushing through injuries and keep playing. So took a trip to India, uh, did a little bit of traveling, just so just started doing some expressive writing, just almost like poetry, but like thoughts and just just exploring that avenue. I mean, I, I don't think it's something that <laughs> I'm going to do the rest of my life, but I'm taking this time right now to explore that and to 
basically like use that as a transfer of energy to like be done with the basketball side of, or that mentality of basketball in my head. So I could close that chapter and move on to the next chapter. When you went to India, did you have like an awakening that, that helped bring about these creative motives? I wouldn't say an awakening. Like I'm not like super spiritual like that or going to say I'm some, I became a guru or anything like that. Uh, no, nah, I mean, it was just an experience. I think just traveling in general gives you a better sense of reality. I think for most of my time playing career, I was just in a bubble of basketball and basketball at a high level. So it's like a high lifestyle that you're not exposed to like other sides of life. So just traveling and, and seeing the world and just seeing the differences and mentalities and just like, I mean, I guess I have my own personal awakening of just trying to understand life a little bit better. So just on that journey and just, we'll see where it takes me. Do you have like a line or a paragraph, something from your writings that comes to mind when you think about the work you're doing in that area? I think one a line that I just uh, came up with the other day, just going over a lot of stuff, um, it basically was just thought-provoking ideas come from fearless pursuits. And so that pretty much explains the journey I'm on. It's just like my thinking's changing because I'm fearlessly, I was fearlessly pursuing uh, like being a great athlete, being a great player. And so within that, like I learned a lot about life. And so now just kind of, trying to share those tidbits and golden nuggets I picked up along the way. and Hopefully somebody, like, it means something to them. If not, for me, it was just a good expression of just releasing that energy. So we'll see. I mean, it's a lot of uh, – I'm working on a book, so hopefully I could get it out soon. Uh, yeah, somewhat. I mean, it, it's basically uh, – it's left up for interpretation. I mean, it's more of like a artist – like an art book, but – basically um how would i describe it i mean basically it's called mischief in the mind so it's more so just like the idea of like the thoughts you have and just trying to basically good or bad just trying to understand them if you were to characterize your career at ucla in a one sentence line or poem how would it sound would that be? <laughs> a one sentence line in poetry <laughs> there are some that win and some that don't, <laughs> but I choose to be the one that wins. <laughs> so, so why use those words to describe your basketball career? Um, I mean, it's just like to be successful in life, like it's more so about sacrifice. Like it can't be all about you. And I realized that early on, like if I want to win like in life, like I can't like at UCLA, like if I like made it all about my injuries and just try to still be that same player that I was like, I wouldn't have been able to be successful. Like I would have been stuck in a mindset of thinking for myself. So for me, it was more so like, okay, like where do I fit in? Like I, the win is more important than my personal success. So it's like, I choose that winning side of things and not like my personal win. So just trying to live by that and just trying to, be a good teammate. I mean, that became my thing, just like blending everything in, being the guy that does the little things. So, I mean, I think it speaks for itself. I think something like I got the most minutes played in the season, and it wasn't because I was doing all kind of scoring or anything. It was just I was just finding the little things that needed to be done because 
I wanted us all to win. And once we all win, like everybody's going to be happy, be happy and enjoy like playing, coming in every day. So that was more important to me. Josh, it is evident whatever you pour your attention into, you will thrive, you will win. Josh Ship, so glad to have you with us. It was an honor, a privilege to have you on the podcast, and certainly our listeners will really appreciate your time and hope to hear from you again soon. That was Josh Ship. Josh, thank you so much. Yes, sir.